This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Our subject on today, we have work to do. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, one who loves us and cares for us, one who directs us, one who blesses us, one who forgives us, one who makes a way out of no way, one who's our bridge over troubled waters, one who our everything. We come to you today, God, in the precious name of Jesus. We come admitting that we've sinned, we've come short, we haven't been everything we ought to be. We come admitting, God, that we've done some things we should not have done, not done some things we should have done. But God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your graciousness. We thank you even as we come with this communion, on this communion Sunday to remember the sacrifice made on our behalf that we might have a right to the tree of life. Bless now, God, your word as your word goes forth that we, your servants, may hear, but not just hear. We may do what you call us to do for such a time as this. Bless us mightily so we can be a blessing unto others mightily. We thank you. We love you. We adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I know Minister Bojim said this a couple of times. I know that Sister um, Jordan Rouse said it a couple of times. I'm saying it one more time. Please, ma'am, please, sir, if you have not voted, make sure you vote on Tuesday. If you have not voted, make sure you vote on Tuesday. Tell others to go vote. Tell your friends to go vote. Tell your family to go vote. Tell those who love you to go vote. Tell those who can't stand your guts and they're your enemies. Tell your enemies, don't vote. That way they will go to the polls and vote. We need everybody voting. So we ask you to do that. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. We have work to do. What a great banquet on Friday night. Hallelujah. What a great banquet on Friday night. To God be the glory. It was great fellowship. It was great food. It was great singing. It was great eating. It was we had great guest speakers and those who spoke did such an outstanding job. Even our CEO of DeKalb County, our brother Michael Thurman. Yes, amen. Thank God for Brother Mike. And yeah, thank God for for Brother Mike Thurman, who folk get us mixed up so many times. <laughs> but to God be the glory. Um, also, did I mention that it was great food? Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, glad that my brother and uh, Emmanuel and his wife Carol were able to make it. Emmanuel Tillman and Carol, they were able to be there. My, my blood brother, thank God for him being there. Uh, Sister Viola Jackson and Makiba came. A lot of folk just came in that hadn't seen in a while. That was just a blessing to see everybody we saw. It was a great time. Also, we had great food, yes. Um, we had quail. We had lamb chops. We had boiled stuffed fish. That's three kinds of fish. As Reverend Bosco Perry put it, who was the MC for the day, Reverend, for that night, he, was out, he led us in worship. Reverend Bosco Perry said, we had biblical food. Quail and 
and uh, lamb, <laughs> fish. <laughs> the celebration was biblically correct. Let me say that. I had to think about this. The pastor and church celebration does really go hand in hand. Um, didn't really think about it until Sister Natasha Beckett, in her occasion, tied the two together. What an occasion by Sister Natasha Beckett. Uh, Minister Bozier already said we thank her for planning and putting it together and all the work she and the committee did. But I want to thank her also for that occasion. I would put her on the spot and make her do it again this morning, but I'm not going to do that. But it was a great occasion. It talked about um, how we are the light, how Jesus is the light, how the church is the light. Um, matter of fact, I'll go back to that again. Jesus is the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12 states, Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Not only did Jesus said he was the light of the world, notice what Jesus says to us, his church. Notice what he says to us, his church. In Matthew 5, 14 through 16, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. What a mighty God we serve. Uh, even while we were at the banquet, we have to note the great decorations that were at the banquet as well. The lanterns on every table highlighting the church being the light. Um, sort of like the moon. Y'all do know that the moon has no light of its own. Y'all know that, right? The, the moon, it's really not moonlight we're looking at. But, but the moon, yeah, yeah, gets its light from the sun. If there was no sun, there would be no moonlight. Yeah, yeah. If there was no sun, there would be no moonlight. We are only the light because of the light. Because the sun shines, the S-O-N shines, we ought to shine. Teach, Pastor. And light comes through enlightenment, and that's my job. My job is to turn on the light, or at least show you where the light is, that's, and, and that's easy. Because the light is everywhere. He, he, he's everywhere. Our text shows us on today something special. It just leaped out at me. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. We have work to do. My series of, of points this morning are just questions. And the first one is, who gave these gifts? It says he gave the apostles. He, who gave these gifts? And Ephesians 4, 7 teaches us, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Yeah. The, the gift of the apostles, the gift 
of the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, the prophets, that is a gift from God himself. Uh, Wycliffe Bible Commentary puts it this way, and it says, and he gave some. The various types mentioned in Christ, of Christ's gifts in the, to the church. Apostles, this was a special offering at the beginning of the church. The apostles had no successors. They had a unique work for the Lord Jesus. Prophets, a prophet was a spokesperson for God. As used ordinarily in the scriptures, this term refers to, so, refers to someone who has been given a direct revelation which they are to pass on to others. In the strictest sense of this term, this office was also temporary in the church, for there were no more prophets in the technical sense after the completion of the New Testament. Evangelists, as Wycliffe says, evangelists, those who proclaim glad tidings, those who preach the gospel, and then pastors and teachers, or shepherds and teachers, these two terms go together. The first word means shepherds, or as ESV as puts shepherds, but NIV would say pastors. Those are the shepherds of the flock who are to be teachers. Yeah, the true pastor should carry on an exp uh, expository preaching ministry of the word of God. He gave the gift from God, he gave pastor teachers. Yeah, that, that's me, y'all. Gift from God. I never thought about it like that. But, but, but I, I'm looking at his word, and after I heard Natasha's um, occasion, she made me think that, that, that God has gifted you with me. Now y'all said, Pastor, I ain't never heard you talk like this before. Well, it, it's because I'm very humble at being in a position to be called of God to serve the people of God the way God would have us to do it. So the second thing is, so why did he give pastor teachers? Why did God gift us, Mother Wilson? Why did he gift us with pastor teachers all throughout? Well, in the text, it's right there in the text, Ephesians 4, 11 to 12 again, it says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So he gave us to equip the saints. That's y'all. Yeah, y'all are saints. Y'all know that it is, yeah. I don't feel like no saint. You are a saint. I'm breaking down. You is a saint. Yeah, now, see, and I know sometimes we think the saints are the people who walk in perfect, who've done everything right. They're closer to God than I am. They are saints. You know, they, we call them saints. Jesus died that we might have life. That, that's, why, that's why you saw our, our minister of music, but our king getting excited about the blood of Jesus. That's why I get excited about the blood. About it. When, I, when I preach about the blood of Jesus and how he died for our sins, I say, Pastor, why you get so excited about that? Because it's so important. That's what happened so we can be saints. That's what happened so we could be blameless. In spite of what we've done, in spite of how we've done it, in spite of what we say, in spite of what we think, in spite of how we feel, he died that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Don't, don't sit there and get all sad and depressed and all jumbled up in your mind. He died that we might be saints. He gave us pastor and teachers, right? Yeah, for the purpose of equipping the saints. God's church assembled for worship here at 23 Montgomery Street. God's church assembled online around the world. God has blessed us and prepared us to be equipped to do what God has called us to do. I got to say again, we have work to do. So if I'm a pastor teacher, how do I teach you? 
I'm, I'm a pastor teacher. So how do I teach you? I'm going to ask you, how, how do I teach you? How does it wake up, Christian? <laughs> how, 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 do I, how do I teach you? For example, through what? Through word. Life. Bible study. Woo! Woo! Put the music. Bible study. All right? Bible study. Yeah, and we do Bible study in the World Wide Web every Thursday, 12 noon. But, but Bible study. You know, one time, God has shown me that first African need to be in the Word of God. So you do remember the period of time that we, that's right, that's right, that's what I was saying. That's right, that's right. You remember during the period of time that we had Bible study at 7 a.m., 12 noon, and 7 p.m.? Because some folks said, I got to work. I can't make it, I got to work. Now, see, you ain't working at 7 a.m., 12 noon, and 7 p.m. And then I threatened to do one at midnight for those who worked all those times. I knew that God wanted us to be in the Word so we could study His Word and know His Word and to do what He calls us to do by His Word. As a pastor, teacher, Sunday morning, that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> Y'all say, he ain't teaching now, he's just preaching. No, all preaching should be teaching. All teaching might not be preaching, but all preaching should be teaching. And so I'm taking the time now to help us understand that we're called to be equipped to do the work he called us to do. So I have to teach, but not only through Bible study, not only through sermons, through meetings that we may have, through workshops, through conferences. And I may not, I may not teach directly, but I can facilitate the teaching. <laughs> or I could cause it to happen or make sure you are aware of the opportunity to learn, such as the National Baptist Convention, USA Incorporated, which is ours. The National Baptist Congress of Christian Education. When I came, we had a busload that would always go to the National Baptist Congress. I, and, and, and it wasn't because it was announced at the church, you got to go and all of this. Folk planned to take a week to be in study. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about many of those who, who have gone on before, they literally would go to the National Baptist Convention, take a week, take a bus, and go to the National Baptist Convention. I never forget when I went, I mean, to the National Baptist Congress. I'll never forget when I went my first National Baptist Convention as pastor in Miami, Florida. I'm there in Miami. I've been here since um, end of April. Yeah, and I've been here since the end of April. And I'm at the convention in Miami. And I'm going through the convention, going to the convention flow, and a man stopped me and said, good morning, pastor. And I looked at him and said, okay, I've seen that face before. And it was Deacon Fudge. Deacon Abraham Fletch had gone to the convention and he was there. Now, I didn't know, nobody said anything. We didn't give him any money. He was just at the National Baptist Convention. So we had groups that, that used to do that. But you have the National Baptist Congress, you have the National Baptist Convention, you have the Lot Carrier Convention, you have the General Missionary Baptist Convention of Georgia. Anybody heard of that? General Missionary Baptist Convention of Georgia? I ain't done my job if you hadn't. Amen. General Missionary Baptist Convention of Georgia. Matter of fact, they'll be meeting next week in Macon. I know the brother Melvin Washington, his wife's gone, but if others want to go, we need to let you know we do what we can to support you to go, to be taught, to learn, to grow, what God would have us to do. Y'all yeah. know about the General Missionary Baptist Congress of Christian Education, I'm sure. Oh, that was kind of weak. I, I, I feel Mr. Bozier rising up with me now. <laughs> The, the General Missionary Baptist Convention is our Congress, is our state Congress of Christian Education, 
of which your pastor served as vice president for 13 years and president for 12. Y'all got to know about the General Missionary Baptist Convention of Georgia and the Congress of Christian Education. And that was an opportunity there also for us to learn in classes. We'd go to classes, you could ask questions and be around others who were studying God's word and learning. But I understand everybody can't take time to go off to a convention or a Congress like that. And, and talking about the State Congress of Christian Education, that the Reverend Benjamin Lett, who was with us at the banquet on Friday, is now president. He followed me as president of the Congress of Christian Education. He was with us on Friday night. But if that's too far to go, we have the first district convention and the first district Congress, and that the first district is comprised of about 20 counties or so, that's right around Savannah, right around Chatham County, about 20 counties or so. They have conventions and they have Congresses that we can participate in. And when we get those announcements, I'll make sure that we push it out even more to you. Now, if 20 counties is too far away for you to go, we also have the Berean Missionary Baptist Association. The association has a, a, uh, an annual session and also we have a Congress. And they also have opportunities when school is out for our young people to go and be with them all day. They, they do that, they, they do that. And, and we're, we're, we're giving into those things so they can do all of those things for us and with us. And if that wasn't enough, there's a Sunday School Publishing Board cop classes. And there are a number of churches in Savannah that are offering comp classes. It's Certificate of Progress Program. You can literally go and find the program that you want and you can begin to learn in the area you want to learn and you will actually receive certificates when you completed a particular program in Christian education. I gotta let you know that. Why am I letting you know that? Because we have work to do. We have work to do. It's an exciting time for us to go. Now, also, I heard from somebody said that, that I teach also by example. And I, I, I accept that because I can tell you, I've had one of our members, oh, I almost called her name. Woo, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> one person said to me, Pastor, I do not like how you pastor. You are, you, you, you are not, in my opinion, you are not a good pastor. Let me tell you what I love about that. Let me tell you what I love about that. They came to me. Let me say it again. Let me, I love about that. They came to me. They won't talk about me. Now they do. They do talk about my, about me behind my back too. I know that too. But but I'm just saying. At least they came to me to say that. But when they said it this time to me, they kept talking. They said, "I don't like the way you pastor." But 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 don't, don't get me wrong. I know you love everybody. I know there's nothing you won't do for anybody else. You will literally take the shirt off your back. And you give it to anybody, everybody, our members and other folks. You, you love folk and you care for folk and you do whatever you can for everybody else. My brothers and sisters, that's how I want a pastor. That's pastor. And all I'm asking is that you just do what I do in Christ. Y'all got to hear me. See, it, it's... It, see, we, we get caught up in sensationalism and we get caught up in the stuff that we see on TikTok and Instagram. But, but people don't do a lot of good stuff that pastors throughout this nation are doing. You, you, you don't hear the good word. You don't hear how we're feeding hungry and, and how we're training and how we're helping others and doing the good stuff. They don't sensationalize that stuff. Oh, but be found drunk somewhere and they got to pick you up and carry you home. Now, get arrested for something. Oh, oh, everybody knows that. 
And we get caught up in that and then start putting that on all pastors. Instead of seeing the good that God has blessed so many pastors and all pastors with, the good that pastors are doing in their teaching and sharing and helping us to grow. I, I was, I was some back taken aback at the banquet when the young men got up and talked about how I sold into their lives and how they saw me as sort of a, their father, a father that they didn't have. That took me aback, but to me, that is what God is calling all of us to do if you could just, if you're taught that and you could see that in me, I'm just praying and asking that we see that for the purpose of being, of doing what God would call us to do. Thirdly, as we said already, um, he's called us, he gifted us pastors and teachers. And we said why he gifted us pastors and teachers? To equip the saints. Thirdly, lastly, is to equip the saints. Now, I know what the question is. What's the question? If he's gotten us, called us to equip the saints, the third question is, equip the saints for what purpose? <laughs> equip the saints to do what? It's right there in Ephesians 4.11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, for the work of the ministry. The pastor's job is to equip you, the church, to go and do the work of the ministry. That's why we name everything ministries. <laughs> this is simple today, y'all. Music, ministry, Deacons, ministry, trustees, ushers, youth, senior saints, women's, Stevens, brotherhood, and we already have the couples, singles. Y'all kind of get the picture. Did, did I leave your ministry out? I didn't mean to do that. What other ministry do we have? Culinary, Min oh, you're definitely culinary. Ooh, praise the Lord, culinary. <laughs> ministries. Which one? Media, your media ministries. I'm sorry about that. Don't cut me off, y'all. Media ministries. <laughs> Parking ministry. Y'all hear ministries? Y'all hear this? Now, now, let me say this. Get the picture. That's just an effort. It's just an effort to be biblically correct. But we need to do more than just have a name. We have work to do. Yes. Ephesians 4 didn't say for the naming of the ministry. It says for the work of the ministry. I, I'm excited about what we all want to do. And, and, and I agree. All of these ministries need to seek training and to be better equipped to do what you do. But I'm so excited about the fact that everybody who's under the sound of my voice, everyone who can see me now, everyone who can hear me, realize God is calling you to ministry. And you can work within your particular ministries, but whatever you're doing, God has called you to work, and we have work to do. Quit depending upon everybody else to do the work God called you to do. That's all I'm saying. If we're going to, 
do the work of the ministry, we definitely will, in fact, build up the body of Christ. Do, doing the work of ministry will cause us to actually build up the body. Yeah, when you start working out, it will build you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Build up means to increase and make stronger. To build your body up, you have to expend energy. Let me put it another way. You can't sit around at home on the couch and sit back, kick your heels up, and hope you lose weight. You, 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 you can't sit at home and just think, I'm, I'm finna get more muscles on my body because I'm sitting here dreaming about more muscles. No, 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 no. You have to literally get up and do something. Work, by definition. Activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or result. In other words, work is activity. We have work to do. If we're to build up the body of Christ, we have to work. We have to do something. Yeah, as the church, as a church, as a church. I, I know we're saying that we know that we're encouraging everybody to go vote. We do that even as a church, encourage other folk to literally do something and go vote. And we're talking about the things that we have to do. If we are to build up the body of Christ, we have, it, listen, do you realize, and I know sometimes folks say, well, I, I would have started working, I'd do some work, but they start talking about me. And I didn't like what they were saying, so I quit. I would work, but, but, but the other people are supposed to be over there. And, and, and they ain't doing nothing. So we get in our little groups and start talking about the people what they ain't doing. And nobody else does the work. It's just not getting done because it ain't my job. Ain't nobody called me to do that. God called you. Ooh, I'm so excited. We about to work, y'all. We about to work. We about to work. We about to work. God is calling us to do great things and be excited about what God has planted in you. I don't know what God has planted in you. Let me tell you, I told you this some years ago. Mother was remember this. I told you this some years ago. I never forget. I read a passage that says um, that, that uh, if, if your ministry, if your gift is giving, let them give. If it's teaching, let them teach. If it's serving, let them serve. And it went on all these things. And I stopped for a minute and said, wait a minute. If that's the people's gift, who's stopping them from doing the gift? Who's stopping them from serving like God wanted them to serve? And I said, oh no, it's not going to be me. Y'all ain't going to get to heaven's gate and say, I would have served, but pastor wouldn't let me. Write this day down. Pastor said, y'all need to work. Everybody. <laughs> All right, so what are we going to do? Let me give you short things to do. Let me give you even a little bit to do. So Because you, you, you're kind of confused, like, ooh, there's so much that need to get done. Ooh, can I do all this stuff? No, I'll let God lead you, but let me, let me deal with you on what I'm talking about. We must do, I'm, I'm, so what am I saying today? I'm saying we must, we must do as we move toward the culmination of our 245th church anniversary. I'm giving some time frame to this now, you know, because y'all saying, oh, he want me to work in the next 50 years or next 10 years or something, or he want me to gradually get him to it. No, 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 I'm talking about moving now. Well, what can we do? What can we do now? I'm so glad you asked me. What can we do now? I'm so glad you asked me. 
Let's just stay in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm not going to place this. Ephesians chapter 4, starting with the first verse. Look at what the first verse says. Um, Ephesians 4, first verse says, I, Paul speaking, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you, that's what I'm doing, I'm urging you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Yeah, the way God has called you. Walk with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Whoo, that's a whole lot. Let me do it one more time. Let me do it. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. If we can show the world our unity in the midst of all the disunity in this world, the unsaved will be saved. If we, just the church, could decide to love like God wants us to love and care like God wants us to care and to forgive like God wants us to forgive. If we could do what God has called us to do, the lost will be found. Can we be humble and gentle and patient with each other? Can we bear with one another in love? Thank you, one year. I heard one year. Do it one more time. Because <laughs> I, you know what? And I know people believe, I know Sister Wade, people, people believe in telling the truth in the church. We might lie someplace else, but you're going to come in the church and start lying. So I, I understand with just the one year. I got that. So, so you don't have to really answer out. Just, just think about it. Just, just have a desire. Just say, God, put it in my heart to do it. Can we be humble and gentle and patient with each other and bear with each other in love? I know you think about somebody, oh, I can't bear with them. Mm -mm, they get on my last nerve. But just like somebody get on your last nerve, you get on somebody else's last nerve. And you want folk to bear, you want folk to bear with you, but you're not willing to bear with others. We gotta do this thing in love. Woo! Thank you, Holy Spirit. And you know what? That's gonna take energy. And energy is work. And that's the work of the ministry. Oh, that's it. That's the work we got to do. Think about it. This is how we're working together. We'll fill this building on the second Sunday of December. But more importantly, it will fill our hearts with the determination to do his will. We all know it's God's will that none should perish. So why should we allow people who don't know Christ to perish every day? Why, why do we allow people who don't know Christ to die not knowing Christ? That was why I was dealing with us so much in the ministries during the summer when we were talking about pastor appreciation. That's why so, this summer I was dealing so much with us making sure that we were reaching out to people who we suspect might have not been living a life they ought to live and might be so upset with other people that they would take guns out and shoot other folks. 
We can't just walk past them. Call somebody, let somebody know. Let, listen, let us know how we can help those who need help most. That's our job, because God does not want them to die and end up in hell. If you know somebody who's about to get shot and killed because they're acting crazy, you can speak to them and help them not act crazy so they won't get killed. Well, I don't know nobody like that, but you know somebody who knows somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, you do. The folk you talk about when you see them. Ooh, I can't believe they're doing that. Ooh, I heard she's just a tramp. Call the tramp. Tell her how much God loves her. And tell her how you ashamed of yourself for thinking like you were thinking about her. You said, well, I ain't saying nothing to her. Yeah, you said something, and God heard what you said. We, if we would be the church God has called us to do, we could revolutionize not just Savannah, but the world. We're the oldest black church in North America. That means we ought to be the most loving church in North America. That means we ought to be the most caring church in North America. We have, listen, we have a longer track record of other churches, so we should be doing it better. Two hundred and forty-five years to get it right. <laughs> it's God's will that none should perish, and we build up His body by reaching those who don't know Him and tell them how much He loves them. For I don't, Pastor, I, I can't tell them like you could tell them. I, I can't tell them like the other folk could tell them. I, I'm not a minister. Yes, you are, and you can tell them. If nothing else, you can tell them what John three sixteen says. And all of us learned that as a child. I don't know if we got to stop teaching children Bible verses, but, but we all know John. Let, let's say it together. If you don't know it, move your mouth so the person next to you won't know you don't know it. All right? Let's go. For God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how much God loved the world. Not just his church. If we're humble and gentle and patient with each other, then God will move on us in such a way that those who don't know him will come to know him because they'll see our actions. They'll see our love. They'll see our care. They'll see our sharing. They'll see our taking care of each other. Don't you know the world think we're crazy when we start telling the world about all of our dysfunction, our dysfunctionality, how we can't get along, we start talking about each other in the church. I can't believe that church. They just done lost their mind. Look at them. I don't believe what he preaching. Why he preaching up there today? I, I can't wait to tell them. He ain't got no business preaching. Well, you, you, you tell all the folk how stupid your pastor is. Guess what they think about you? Out of all the churches you could go to, and you still at first after 40 years. <laughs> What a mighty God we serve. Listen, God is saying to us in a special way that so as the church goes, the world goes. And he's calling upon the church to love in such a way, to care in such a way for each other that the world may see our good works and give him glory. That, 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 that's the bottom line. Now I know I've told y'all some time ago, I'm not doing John 3.16 without doing what? Somebody been listening. Thank you, Lord. I don't do John 3.16, but I do it in John 3.17. 
and I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. John 3, 16 again. Let's do it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! If he has sent Jesus to condemn us for all the sin that we've done, all the lies we told, all the viciousness we vicious ways we had, we would have been cooked, fried, done, done over with. But the phase of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. How do I know? Because he loves us. How do I know? Because he cares for us. You know the story. He came through 40 and two generations. Doing good. All the good he did. This is what you tell others. This is what you tell others. They talked about him. They ridiculed him. They lied on him. They did all kind of stuff they're doing to you. But they gave the price. Christ was perfect. Christ had no sin. We ain't perfect. I said, we are not perfect. I said, we have sinned and come short. We've thought things, we've said things, we've not thought some things, we've not said some things, we've done some things, we have not done some things. We have, we were just messed up. But Christ came. And because he loved us, and because he cares, he went through all of the trouble here on this earth. Because he loves you, because he loves me, they ridiculed him. And you see our Lord and Savior, when he assembled with the disciples in the upper room, to do what we're going to do in a moment. He sat there with them. He took the bread and blessed it. He took the fruit of the vine and blessed it. He told them, this do in remembrance of me. He knew that he was leaving them. He said, do this to remember how much he suffered, how much he cared, how much he loved. But can you see our Lord and Savior, after he supped with the disciples, he went to the garden to pray. After he prayed in the garden, they came and arrested him. One of his boys betrayed him. One of his boys snitched on him. One of his boys had them to grab him and arrest him. And they took him from judgment hall to judgment hall. They beat him all night long. Because he's done anything wrong. Because he loves and he cares for us. Can you see our Lord and Savior? They took him from judgment hall to judgment hall. Can you see him on that Friday? When they marched him up to Golgotha's hill. They got him at the top of the hill. They laid him down and put nails in his hands. Nails in his feet. With a crown of thorns on his head. And because he loves us so much, he already told him, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men under me. He was laying down on the cross, but they lifted him up. They lifted him up. He was bleeding. He was a bloody mess. His body was unrecognizable. But our Lord and Savior hung on the cross. He has a few words to say. He said, Father, forgive them. But they know not what they do. So you see our Lord and Savior. He said to one, this day.
Christ you in the building. Just walk on down and stand with us, and, uh, and we'll take you through that we have to do, your yeah, orientation and everything. We thank God for you. Thank you for allowing God to move your own life. 
there's anyone who wants to come on today, won't you come? Anyone. Thank you, God. We got time. We've done as the Lord commanded, and yet there's still room. Let us prepare now for our communion. We ask that we would get our church covenant, that we could be together. We have anyone who has come to join in fellowship with First African Baptist and as of yet have not received the right hand of fellowship. Please come forward at this time. Our church covenant is found on the insert of our, our hymnals, and we're going to read it together. We're going to read our church covenant together. God bless you. Amen. That's what I mean, Mr. Jerry. Pull them out. That's right. God bless you. All right. We have you to. When we finish, we have to go downstairs and take that. Anybody else? I'm sorry. Anybody else? Want to accept Christ? Want to come? Yes. We're gonna do it. After, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it after the, after the covenant. Now we'll get them afterwards. We we'll keep them in worship right now. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We got some work to do. We're going to do all of that with them after, after we, we get this done. We'll go downstairs afterwards. Yeah, we're going to take that later, Sister Tillman. Yeah, we'll do it in a minute. All right. Church Covenant. It's a promise that we read that's with each other and with God. But wait a minute. Let's celebrate our brother coming, first of all. Again, let's celebrate our brother coming. God bless you. Thank you. as we do our best to help you. Amen? All right. Church Covenant, let's read it together. Having been, as we trust, brought by divine grace to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and to give ourselves wholly to him, we do now solemnly and joyfully covenant with each other to walk together in him with brotherly love to his glory as our common Lord. We do, therefore, in his strength engage that we will exercise a Christian care and watchfulness over each other and faithfully warn, exhort, and admonish each other as occasion may require. That we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but will uphold the public worship of God and the ordinances of his house. That we will not omit closet and family religion at home, nor neglect the great duty of religiously training our children and those under our care for the service of Christ and the enjoyment of heaven. That as we are the light of the world and salt of the earth, we will seek divine aid to enable us to deny ungodliness and every worldly lust, and to walk circumspectly in the world that we may win the souls of men, that we would cheerfully contribute of our property according as God has prospered us for the maintenance of a faithful and evangelical ministry among us, for the support of the poor and the spread of the gospel over the earth, that we will, in all conditions, even to death, strive to live to the glory of him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever.
as we assemble at the table, remember God's grace, God's love. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. He came from heaven to earth, took on bodily flesh, lived on this earth so that we would know that what he has gone through, we get an opportunity to see God himself loving and caring and sharing and giving as only God can do. As we come today, we remember that he loved us. We come that he sacrificed for us. And on behalf of that, we do what Jesus did with the disciples around the table. They took time to pray and bless the elements that they were about to receive. We'll do the same. God can bless these elements. Those at home, prepare also your communion, the fruit of the vine, and uh, the unleavened bread that we can share together. Let us pray. God, our God, our Father, our Sustainer, our Deliverer, we come this day in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for making a way out of nowhere, being our bridge over troubled waters. As we come to this table, we remember the sacrifices made on our behalf. We don't take it lightly, God. We remember what you've done, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the sacrifice made on our behalf. God, we thank you. Thank you for your spilled blood. God has become for these symbols on today. We ask that you would change it from a carnal use to a spiritual use, so that we partake, we're better able to do the work, to do the work, to do the work that you called us to do. And God, if there's any baptized believers under the sound of my voice, for some reason feel they're not worthy to participate, we ask God you change that right now in the name of Jesus. Create within us clean hearts and renew a right spirit within us. That as we fellowship together, as we join with you, that you may get the praise, the honor, the glory. Bless these elements and bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
Jesus assembled with the disciples, he took the bread and broke it. said, this is my body, which is given for you. Take, eat, and all of it. Likewise, he took the cup and said, this is my blood which is shed for the remission of sins. Take, drink all of it. to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website firstafricanbc.com You may also contribute through an app called Givelify G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us. <laughs>